0: Back And we can't wait. The Harvest Crusade with Pastor Greg Laurie, July 1st and 2nd. With great music from Phil Wickham. Michael W. Smith. Chris Tomlin. Good, 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 good plus, music from Taya and Passion. Be a part of this unforgettable Harvest Crusade with Greg Laurie, July 1st and 2nd at the Honda Center. Who can you bring who
1: needs to hear a message of hope? Harvest Crusade details at harvest.org. If I live a good life, I will go to heaven. This is believed by so many people, it's shocking. Your good deeds must outweigh your bad deeds.
0: Coming up on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie addresses the fallacies people have about the faith. They recite it like it's gospel truth, but it's not gospel and it's not the truth.
1: If I do X, Y, and Z, I'll get to heaven. Well, no, that's not true. Because heaven is not for good people, it's for forgiven people. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear
0: all the angels of scene. This is the day, the day when life begins. Certain things people say can sound like they're true, but they're not. Before the railroad was invented, it was believed people could never travel faster than 30 miles an hour because air would rush past them and they wouldn't be able to breathe. How fast were you driving to work today? And you're still here. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to trade human wisdom for divine wisdom. We'll see, it points us to God and his will for our lives.
1: Okay, grab your Bibles and turn to James chapter three. And the title of my message is Things Jesus Never Said. You know, there are many sentiments that people carry in life that are simply not biblical. Uh, one would be, well, God wants me to follow my dreams. Well, not exactly. Now let me say, God can speak to you through dreams. Uh, We even know that God came to Solomon and appeared to him in a dream. I'll talk about this in a moment. And, And said, I'll give you anything you want. Joseph also had the Lord speak to him through a dream. So it's not bad to have a dream. But sometimes your dreams are not the best dreams. And sometimes you might get what you want and your dream might turn into a nightmare. So here's what it comes down to. I want to find God's plan for my life. Listen to this, God's plan for your life is better than your own. Put His will first. So don't follow your dreams, follow the Lord. And don't let the culture dictate the way that you think. There is a mentality. When the Bible speaks of the world, for instance, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of God, but it's of the world. What does that mean? Does that mean like if I have a great burger, man, that's a delicious burger, and someone says, love not the world. That's wrong. That's not what it means. Okay. If I see a glorious sunset, said, oh, look what the Lord did, love not the world. No, that's not what the Bible means. The world in the Bible speaks of a mentality. It speaks of a way of thinking. It speaks of a culture. And the Bible tells us the God of this world, with a small g, is Satan. So this thinking that's in academia, this thinking that's in social media, this thinking that is in uh, the film industry and the television industry, this thinking that we see all around us, this stinking thinking that is against God, that is against what the Bible teaches, that exalts us and makes us the center of the universe, that tells us to pursue our selfish desires and do whatever we want to do, this worldly thinking, that's a real definition of it, is not from God. That's not the way the Christian should think. We need to learn to think biblically. And because the Bible, (laughs) the way the Bible tells us to live is pretty much in direct contrast to the way the culture tells us to live. In the Christian life, the way to greatness is through humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt you in due time. The way to life is through death. In other words, dying to yourself and putting the Lord's plans above your own. The way to up is down. The way to happiness is sadness, meaning I mourn over my sin, I repent of my sin, and I seek happiness in the way that God Wants me to have it. The paradox of the Christian life is the more we give, the more we receive. The more we sacrifice, the more God blesses. The more we give, He gives. If you wanna find life, you lose life by giving it to Jesus. So that brings us to James chapter three. Because now we're told what wisdom is and why we should seek it and how it should play out in our life. James chapter three, verse 13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth by boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Verse 16, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So here's my next point if you're taking notes. We need to live our lives God's way, not the way of this world. And that starts with a new way of thinking, biblical and godly wisdom. This is in direct contrast to the so-called wisdom this world offers We have a contrast here in James 3 about the wisdom from above and the wisdom from below. The wisdom of the scripture or the wisdom of this culture. I mentioned this already, but when Solomon was a young man, his father David died, and now Solomon was going to ascend to the throne. And the Lord appeared to him in a dream. He said, Solomon, what do you want? I'll give it to you. Anything you want, it's yours. So Solomon said, well, Lord, I would like to have wisdom and understanding in my heart so I can govern your people and so I can know the difference between right and wrong. What a great prayer. And God answered that prayer and said, Solomon, because you have not asked for wealth or power or any of these other things, I'm gonna give you the wisdom you prayed for and I'm gonna give you these other things as well. You'll be the wisest of all men. And he was in his day. And we should pray this same prayer. Earlier in James 1.5, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously and will not hold back. I pray that all the time. We sit down for a business meeting. We sit down to prepare a message. We sit down and think about our future. I love to say, Lord, you've promised in your word to give us your wisdom. We're praying for it right now. Which is another way of saying, I need to know your will, Lord. Show me your will. And so this is something we should all be seeking after. The Bible says uh, the fear of the Lord or the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Here's an interesting thing. You can be smart and not necessarily wise. There are smart people that do stupid things, right? I've seen people, they're very intelligent. They have degrees hanging on their wall. They're highly educated, maybe very successful in their field. But then they go and do the most ridiculous thing imaginable. Wisdom is different than intelligence. You know, intelligence is acquiring knowledge and applying it, uh, developing certain skills. But wisdom really comes from a different place. Some wisdom comes from life's lessons. We learn things from life, things that we've done right and we also learn from our mistakes. But the ultimate source of wisdom is from God and His Word. That's what we want to build our lives on. Jesus told the story of two men who built their lives on two foundations. They're described as the wise and the foolish man. So the wise man built his house upon the rock, and the storms came and beat upon that house, but it stood because it was built on the right foundation. In contrast, the foolish man built his house on the sand. The same storms came and his house collapsed. And Jesus concludes and says, so in the same way, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he is the wise man. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he is the foolish man. So wisdom is known by its actions. Verse 13 of James 3. If you're wise in understanding God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. You know, if you claim to have wisdom and you know the scripture, show it by living a godly life. And not only living a godly life, by doing it with humility. Humility is so important because when you've walked with the Lord for years, you've acquired some knowledge, you may come off like Mr. Know-it-all. So, you know, we're having a conversation about something and now you're going to pontificate on all that you've learned. And this is a challenge for older folks, okay? Because we've lived long lives and we love to tell stories and we love to share what we've learned but sometimes younger people don't always want to hear all of that. Maybe we could listen a little bit more. We might even learn something still. And then when the moment is right, we can share some life lessons we've learned or an insight from the scripture that we have. But if you have true wisdom, you'll have humility. You'll learn to be a good listener.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. We continue to hear from so many who've been touched by Pastor Greg's film, Jesus Revolution.
1: My husband and I took my 86-year-old father to see the movie, Before it started, I handed him some tissue. He asked why, and I told him he would probably get emotional during the movie because that was the era of his salvation, when most of our family was saved. Dad chuckled at me, but when the movie was over, he had used up all the tissue. Thank you, Greg, for a great movie.
0: What an encouragement to hear how the Jesus Revolution film continues to impact lives. Do you have a comment to share with Pastor Greg? If so, email him, greg at harvest.org. That's greg at harvest.org. Well, we're learning about wisdom today, biblical wisdom. Pastor Greg's study is based in James chapter 3.
1: True wisdom is known by good fruit. And what does that mean? Look at verse 17, James three. The wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's peace loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So from this we learn God's wisdom is pure. This speaks of moral purity. Don't tell me about your insights from Scripture. Don't tell me about your wisdom if you're not living a moral life. If it does not affect you in the way that you live, then it's obviously not worth much. So this is something James is pointing out. Look at verse 17. You're willing to yield to others and you're full of mercy. Sometimes people acquire knowledge. We could call it wisdom and they weaponize it. And by weaponizing it, I mean they use it to berate people. They use it to beat people down. I know more than you. You're stupid. Why don't you know what I know? And, and sometimes even Christians do this uh, to other Christians. And this is not the way of God's wisdom. When you have wisdom from God, you don't weaponize it. You don't use it to tear people down. You use it to build people up instead. You're not a morally superior person standing over others and deriding them. You're peace loving. You're considerate. A wise person is not so arrogant that they think they can't learn anything. Uh, Years ago when I was in my 30s and I was just starting our Harvest Crusades I began to develop a friendship with Billy Graham. And Billy was in his probably early 70s at that point or very late 60s. And he invited me to join him on crusade trips. And then he asked me to start helping him with his messages and preparation. I thought, why would you want to hear from some stupid 30-year-old? You're Billy Graham. But this is the thing that amazed me about Billy Graham, was his humility and his willingness to keep learning. He was always a learner, always had questions, always wanted to grow more. He'd even say, Greg, just share something from the scripture with me, which was very intimidating to preach in front of Billy Graham, I have to tell you. You know, because he's Billy Graham. And you're thinking, well, what could I possibly say to him? But Billy was a student and he was a learner to the very end of his life. And I thought that was such an admirable quality because I've met other people that are the very opposite of that. You know, you share something with them, they'll cut you off, kind of correct you, tell you the way you should be thinking about it. That's not the way you use wisdom. You use wisdom with humility and to help others and to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker and a bridge builder, not a bridge burner and be a stepping stone and not a stumbling block. Okay, so one last thing that Jesus never said. If I live a good life, I will go to heaven. This is believed by so many people, it's shocking. Sometimes it's even believed by Christians. We maybe don't say it out loud, but in our way of thinking, we reason. If I do X, Y, and Z, I will have the favor of God. If I remember to get up this morning and read my Bible, and if I make sure I'm at church on Sunday, and I'm a part of a small group, and I share my faith, now God will bless me. Now, you should do all those things and more. But God is not gonna bless you because of the things you do for him. Oh, if I live this good life, I'll get to heaven. Well, no, that's not true. I mean, even to play it out logically, if you say, well, if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, I know I'll get to heaven. Let's just say that's true. For the sake of a point. Your good deeds must outweigh your bad deeds. Do you really think your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds? I would suggest to you they don't. So even by your own Uh, set of standards, you fall short miserably. But actually, the very opposite is true. Let me say something that might surprise you. There's going to be bad people in heaven, and there's going to be, quote, good people in hell. There's going to be bad people in heaven. And by bad people, I mean people that maybe literally came to Christ on their deathbed, and they got into heaven. Like that thief on the cross. That we call him the thief. He probably was a murderer. The Romans didn't crucify thieves. He probably was a, um, uh, living in rebellion against Rome. Probably killed a Roman soldier. Did something radical. And he's crucified next to Jesus. And he turns to the Lord and says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, you better get busy doing good works because that's the only way to get in. No, Jesus didn't say that. Another thing Jesus didn't say. He said, truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. But why did he say that? Because on the spot in that moment that man believed. That's how long it takes to believe. Just like that. Lord, remember me. Interestingly, prior to this, he had been mocking the Lord along with the other man who was crucified and the crowd below. Hey, if you're the Christ, why don't you save yourself? Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This man in a nanosecond believed and turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's how fast faith can happen. And I prayed with many people on their deathbeds. And led them to Christ right before they entered into eternity. And how wonderful it is to say to someone, now because you've put your faith in Christ, you will go to heaven. So there's going to be, quote, bad people in heaven because heaven is not for good people. It's for forgiven people. Okay. And there's going to be good people in hell. And when I say good people, I say people that trusted in their own human efforts. People that trusted in their own personal reality. Maybe even someone that trusted in the religious things they did. Jesus said, many will come to me in that day and they'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many wonderful works in your name? We could update it and they might say, Lord, Lord, were we not baptized in your name? Did we not receive communion in your name? And Jesus says to them, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Oh, but these are good people. Uh, These people paid their taxes. These people recycled and put the right trash in the right can. They did everything right, these people. They drove Priuses and ate kale and didn't damage the environment. They're good people. Yeah, but you're not good enough. That's why the Bible says it's not by works of righteousness that we're saved, but it's his mercy that he extends to us. for By grace you've been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. No, Jesus never said if you live a good life, you go to heaven. But here's what Jesus did say. Jesus did say, come unto me, All of you who are exhausted with life and are bending beneath its weight, come to me and I will refresh you with rest. What a promise. He says that to us. Yes, God loves you. No, God is not against you. Yes, God has a plan for your life. Yes, His plan is better than your own plan. Will you say, Lord, I want your will above my own? Will you put Him first in your life? Then you will find the happiness you want, not from seeking it, but from seeking Him. And it all starts with asking Jesus Christ to come into your life. And I wonder if you've all done that. Has there been a moment in your life where you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin and you ask Him to come into your heart and life to be your Savior and your Lord? You say, well, I was raised in a Christian home. Well, that's great. But there still has to be a moment where you come to Christ. And you believe in Him. This is a decision only you can make. I made that decision many years ago as a kid. Many of you made that decision. At a marked point in time you can remember. And you'll know it if you've done it. And if you're not sure if you've done it, you can do it right here, right now. In a moment we're gonna close in prayer. And I'm gonna extend an invitation for anybody here who wants their sin forgiven. They wanna fill that hole in their heart. They wanna find the happiness that they desire They want their guilt removed. Or they've made some big mistakes and they've sinned against the Lord and they want to make a recommitment to Him. You can do that right here as we close in prayer. Let's all pray. Father, speak to the heart of every person here. If they don't know you, we pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and convince them of their sin and bring them to yourself right now. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer today on a new beginning. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you do that in just a moment before today's program concludes. You know, Pastor Greg, Jesus Revolution came to theaters right around the time that there was some really wacky weather all across the country. Mm. Here in California there was so much snow in the mountains that people were trapped in their homes for days upon days. Mm. And it was that way in many places across the country. I saw social media post that said, help, we're trapped at home, but we want to see the movie. Can you, can you help us? Not, not help, we need food. Help, we got to see the movie. And uh, we have some good news for those folks, don't we?
1: Yes, you can see the movie. Listen, you can own the movie. You can watch it as many times as you want because... We are now offering the Jesus Revolution film on DVD. And that means that you can play it whenever you want to play it. And the great thing is don't just watch it for yourself. Show it to your family. Show it to your neighbors. Show it to your friends. Make it an evangelistic outreach because this film is real. It's gritty. It connects with believer and non-believer alike. Actually, we had some amazing reviews. You know, the audience gave it a 99% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And there's another website called CinemaScore that gave Jesus Revolution an A-plus rating. Now, this is just a rating based on the entertainment value of the film and the audience response. So... You can have your own copy. You can show it to whoever you want to show it to. But in this special edition of the Jesus Revolution DVD that we're offering you right now, there's a message that I filmed that presents the gospel, and it has a prayer at the end, and a person can pray to accept Christ. Listen, this is the most effective evangelistic tool we have ever offered in our history. I believe if you show this film, to people that don't know the Lord, you will see people come to Christ as a result. In a way, the film does the heavy lifting. You just got to get other people to watch it with you. So now you can have your own copy. And I'll send it to you for your gift of any size. Now, I'm going to be honest. This resource costs us more than we normally pay for other resources. So I'm going to ask our listeners to be extra generous because we want to get a copy of this DVD to you. So get your copy of the Jesus Revolution DVD with bonus content for your gift of any size to help us continue to preach the gospel and teach the Word of God. Yeah, that's right. Our mission statement is knowing Him and making Him
0: known. And we're so thankful for your partnership with us. Listener support is the only way we can continue to bring you these daily studies. So contact us today for your copy of Jesus' Revolution on DVD. And we'll include a free streaming code. And we'll only be able to mention this resource a short time longer. You can call us at 1-800-821-3300. That's a 24-7 phone number, 1-800-821-3300. Or write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or go online to harvest.org. Well, Pastor Greg, today you wrapped up your message talking about eternity and eternal life. Yeah. How can someone listening know that they're going to heaven?
1: Well, that's a great question, and I guess let me take it a step further. I know that is the most important question you can ask. How can a person know they're going to heaven? Let me say at the outset, I believe I'm going to heaven. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, Greg, isn't that kind of arrogant? Not really. Because I know this because God has made a promise to me, and I've believed that promise. The Bible says, we write these things to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I've believed on the name of the Son of God, thus I know. I'll go to heaven when I die. Here's my question to you. Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Is there any more important issue than that? I can't think of one. So I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer, and this is a prayer where you will be asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and you'll be asking him to be your own Savior, friend, Lord. It's a prayer only you can pray. Pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Jesus, come into my life. I want to believe in you. I want to follow you. I want this relationship with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. And I thank you that you've heard this prayer. And I believe you've come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to help you grow in your faith. I want to help you grow spiritually. So I have a free gift for you. It's called the New Believers Growth Packet. What's in it? No, not a bag of seeds to plant in your backyard. I guess it's sort of a form of a bag of seeds because... I want to sow some spiritual seed in your life to help you develop as a follower of Christ. So I'm going to send you a copy of the New Testament in the New Living Translation, but it's a special edition. It's called the New Believer's Bible. And it's filled with notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this new commitment or recommitment you've made to Christ. And there's some other materials in the New Believer's Packet as well. So order your copy today. And I'm so glad I had this privilege today to lead you in that prayer. God bless you. You've made the right decision, the decision to follow Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, and here's how to get that new believers packet. Simply call us at 1-800-821-3300. We're here 24-7. Again, that's 1-800-821-3300. Or write us at A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or go online to harvest.org and click the words, Know God. Well, next time, some great encouragement about finding and following God's will for our lives as our studies in the book of James continue. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie.